Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. We are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of GreenLink Networks, which is a voice over IP channel only. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to take that pain away from some of the new guys. I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with three employees and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're an MSP. We're currently about a dozen employees. We were originally founded in 1999. I believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share their mind share on how to overcome issues. I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago. I hope that you got a lot out of this podcast. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. All right, we're uh, here live in San Antonio at uh, CRN's Exchange. Uh, my name is Matt Solomon. I'm the Vice President of Business Development uh, for Kaseya and really this whole new messaging around IT Complete. We've got three ID agent partners with us, and I'll let you guys kind of do your own little introductions so people can get to know you. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the uh, CEO of Infinite IT out of Toronto, Canada. One of the three that we do a great podcast called IT for Whiskey. My name is uh, Myron Herrera from Cinetech Solutions, CEO out of Dallas, other host of this amazing podcast. <laughs> I'm Craig Hickman. I'm with Pro Blue out of Bloomington, Indiana. Woo! Hoosiers! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so there is an opportunity to do live questions. Unfortunately, this stream doesn't actually show us the, the questions right here, uh, but we've got some people that might be able to feed us the questions as they come in. Definitely want to you know, keep it kind of an open forum. Kicking things off, guys, how did IT for Whiskey come about? At Exchange, Craig and Joe and I met a few years ago, and basically we started having a monthly call where we talked about our struggles of running an IT business. And through that call, we realized that we became really good friends and had a passion for whiskey. Basically, other friends, some of the people that are here in the room, wanted to join that call, but that call got really personal. So we decided to spin off a podcast so that we can help the industry for those that are starting or trying to grow their business to be able to listen to some of the struggles that we went through as a MSB owner. When did you guys start it officially? Uh, a year and a half. Yeah, so the, the calls or the podcast? The podcast. It's about a year and a half. We're yeah. just shy of three episodes published. Sorry, three dozen episodes. How much marketing have you had? No, sorry. <laughs> I've had three dozen episodes. There's probably about three episodes of quality. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. The beauty on this form, like I was mentioning to you a few minutes ago, is we actually, when we go to do a recording, we'll spend an hour, an hour and a half or so, just the three of us talking about business. And the sad hour. part that that's probably where the most quality comes from is from yeah. that private conversation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But that, that yeah. conversation has a lot of yeah. personal business yeah. and yeah. intellectual property. And I have said this to these guys many a times on our show as well, that this podcast to me is great and it's fantastic so we can get back to the community. 
and give back to other MSPs. And it's not something we're doing for revenue generation or profit or anything for us. Right. It's really to give back. But I look at these two as my quiet board of directors. And you guys feature a whiskey. The way it works is that we, we all grab a bottle of something, regardless of what it is, mostly whiskey. I've brought in some tequila at some point, but we all drink something different and we talk about our experience of it. We're not any, uh, you know. Or Jill least, mostly drinks Glendronic. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> or, or, or? Uh, Caribbean uh, cast. Caribbean cast. Yeah. 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 This has kind of been a little bit of a journey. If another MSP was out there that, that wanted to start a podcast, what are some of the lessons you guys have learned in, in the process? Yeah, um, see, that's personal. That's, that, that's a secret. No, I'll tell, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, you don't have to give away the yeah, secret yeah. sauce, but no, there's yeah. one or two little things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The biggest struggle is finding time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Pre-production and mm. post-production. So mm. pre-production, you know, getting you whatever it is that, you know, you're going to talk about and be able to study the, the, the topic or, yeah. and make sure that it's, you know, what you're talking about is relevant to the people that are, that are listening. And then the post-production, which is doing the editing, doing the social media. The- uh, Meyer and I actually kind of tackled. And actually, Meyer did the first, you did the first show, didn't you? I, didn't you edit the I first edited show? the first show, which was, and it, took, were, it took me a week worth of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was good time invested. Yeah. So, so now we have Kevin. Yeah, yeah Kevin. Kevin, Kevin the Flying Hawaiian. Yeah, Cheers, Kevin. Kevin. Cheers, Kevin. We <laughs> love you, Kevin. Yeah. Actually, I got asked last night if Kevin was for real or if he was an AI. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's legit. He was on one of our shows. That's funny. He is legit. Um, and uh, I assume a good microphone is important. Yes, too. yes. And we've struggled with that. You know, we've had to buy a few mics before we're trying to find one. The one yeah. that's the magic. Yeah. The magic. Well, this is the one that I just picked up a few weeks ago because of people complaining. I never complained. Never. No, never. I guess kind of switching gears now that we've kind of gotten the introductions out of the way. I mean, obviously. Not a surprise. Security is huge topic. Obviously, coming from the ID agent side, that's been something I've been talking to MSPs for for the last couple of years. But kind of the bigger change over the last year is that now MSPs are specifically under attack, right? Because you guys hold the keys to a lot of other customers. I mean, I remember really preaching about that with the financial industry and the legal industry. It's like you hit a huge law firm, you get 200 clients. So it's kind of the one to many type of thing. So As an MSP, what have you done to change your own security mind? Sign up with ID agent. From an ID agent standpoint, and not to use it as a plug or whatever, but right. being able to go to the, all the things that you have on your portal to be able to learn from that, that that's helped our staff to get prepared for whatever right. they need. So. And, and something that was mentioned to me recently about the services that ID agent provides that I never really thought of consciously, but mm-hmm. it was... It is relevant, and we were doing this, is you actually learn what your customer's behavior is like. Right. So are they using their personal commercial corporate credentials for personal services? Yep. And what risks does that bring to the corporation? And how do you mitigate that risk? And how do you manage it and whatnot? I'm proud to say that it took you a while to sell us on it. It was about a year. That you, in all fairness, we didn't understand it. I right? did one search and I was sold. <laughs> and, with and, Matt. And the funny thing is, though, Matt did win me over in the end because he's you know, all that kind of guy. But all jokes aside, we've made a lot of money because of you guys. Yeah. So thank you for that. It's funny because one of the stories I actually share, because I kept telling you, I was like, put your customers in the platform, whether they're paying for the service right. today or not, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're not getting the alerts. Right. And you're like, all right, I'll, find, I'll do it. You put in like five. I don't think you put everybody in, but you got a CEO came up. 
yeah. hit. And within, I think, a few hours of that, not only was he paying for the service, he paid for the entire partnership, basically. <laughs> he doesn't. Scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch that. that never happened. It's not a true story. I was not related to that party at the time in question. It's like everything. It's how you take advantage of your tools, right? right. A carpenter's got a hammer, and how are they using it? And that's what whether or not they can build. So yeah, yep. I, th- This morning, just as an example, I had, yeah. I had a call with a client, and the discussion was, my insurance is pressuring me to put on cybersecurity insurance. Are we protected or things like that? So it's a very hot topic that that's being driven outside of the IT yeah. side, yeah. which which is great, you know. So that way people are trying to do the right thing and put put things in place. Yeah, and that's where some of the compliance regulations now are coming in for MSPs specifically in some of these states, like California. It's already been passed. New York State's coming up. Actually, it was March 1st, so it, yeah. it, it already went through. To me, it's like a gold rush because for the first time ever, well, one, New York State's basically saying if you're a 50-employee company or $5 million in revenue, whatever, either yeah. one, there's certain things you have to meet now. Yeah, right. But it's the first state that actually indicates even if you don't hit these thresholds, you better be doing something. Right. right? right? And same thing with like cyber insurance. If you're not showing that you're doing phishing simulations yeah. or something right. to show that you're trying to prevent something. Right. Do your due diligence. Good luck getting that cyber. Because you know cyber insurance companies are going to try to find any way. Right. Absolutely. And it's like the Wild West. I mean, right. There's so many different ways to get out of this. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. short answer is actually do what we say. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do. Yes. This is what we do. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to speak so much there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, you know, kind of the next thing, are your clients starting to ask a lot more questions around security? Yes, absolutely. And, and what you know types of things that yep. you've started to hear over the last couple of months? Uh, what's most crazy is that we get so many forwards from clients asking, is this message legit? I understand. Everybody's very super sensitive to it right now, especially with the amount of hacking going on that you see everywhere. Yeah. Right. What is interesting is they're, they're also aware of it. But what we're finding is the employees actually can do most damage than not having just your basic antivirus. It takes just one person. Correct. Within the organization to, to take it down. So my analogy is, if I were to allowed to do one, is if you were to get a forklift driver, they're going to be certified for Absolutely. it, right? right? But you'll hire an employee who knows Microsoft Word and give them a computer that has full access to the server, but don't train them. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So humans are your weakest link. Going to the question, I mean, clients are definitely asking because they're getting pressure, whether mm-hmm. it's the compliance or the you know regulatory from, from insurance, any business that they're. Yeah. Any region or, or, or niche business that they're in, definitely getting the pressure from the clients about, are we doing enough? Should we implement more? And yeah. that's that's good. Yeah. And it's funny, we, we have a bunch of clients in the FI space, and their clients are now mandating it from them to right. give proof of and to give evidence of. And we've been just overwhelmed with the amount of incident response plans we've had to write and validation and pen testing, et cetera, et cetera, in right. order to help us you know, prove our, for their clients so they can write it to their clients so they can maintain their clients. One of them actually said to me on, on Thursday, he said, look, he goes, I just got this request. I have 10 business days uh-huh. to provide them with a the documentation that we're doing all the things that paying you to do. Can you put enough stuff? Of course, right. 10 days, no problem, because we're already doing it. But we have to now certify and swear and blah, 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 yep. because we're insured yep. from our. So that kind of flows through and everyone's happy. But 
that's becoming a, a normal thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've seen recently is that customers are being not only concerned about their network or their systems, mm-hmm. but their vendors systems. Oh, yeah. So true. just to use ADP as an example, right? They'll ask us, mm-hmm. do you think ADP is doing whatever they need to mm-hmm. do to, to be protected or, yeah. or maybe their line of business application? So we, you know, IDH and one of our customers mm-hmm. monitors all their vendors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There are a whole vendor list that's in yeah. there. Yeah. That's an enterprise level. Yeah. yeah. They want to know if their vendor who access to certain key systems is also doing yeah. their portion. Funny. Now that I think about it, both of you, I've shared stories that I use a lot. It is both of you feature both of you because that's one of them yeah. is yours because you had the relationship with them. Yeah. We have a goal assist program where we will do webinars with you as subject matter experts. We will also get on phone calls and help you close deals. We don't do prospecting calls, but in this case, Craig basically was like, can you just get on the phone with this? And I, I mean, you weren't even on the call with me. No, I didn't. Yeah. I was like, hey, that's his mouth. That's his mouth. I'll get everyone mouth. else to do my dirty work. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody Cheers. heard that story from me, it's true. It's so. true. <laughs> and I took that to the bank. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's been a renewable contract. Yeah. So. You know, and another thing we really are starting to see, just again, around the security, because security is such a hot topic with your customers now, they're finally starting to ask the right questions. It's also an incredibly great topic to do lunch and learns around. Yes. You know, and I don't think every MSP thinks about this is doing joint venture opportunities with a cyber insurance company, a financial advisory company, accounting companies, any of those companies who actually are pretty good at getting their customers in front of them. They don't really have sexy topics. Now, like dark web, this, yeah. I mean, ransomware, all these things are really interesting. Yeah. The best part is like when you go in there, you're the subject matter expert. These people don't know any of this stuff. Right? Right. And, and so it's just a huge opportunity and they're bringing in the customer. Absolutely. One example that I have is I did a uh, presentation recently and I knew all the attendees and all their domains. So I, I, did, I did a search of all the domains and I listed the top 10 passwords on the uh, presentation. Oh, that's and interesting. And it freaked yeah. out yeah. the audience. <laughs> and you got some business. And I did. <laughs> Very but, cool. uh, they were all, you can see they're all getting their machines out trying to get so yeah. trying to change the password. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Should, <laughs> what your passwords up here? Another area I wanted to kind of focus on in terms of clients is this expectation. So I'm kind of curious how you guys deal when you talk about, it doesn't have to be dark web monitoring, but whatever new subject you're bringing up, they're like, oh, but I thought you guys already provided us, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sure you hear that yep. quite a bit. So how do you deal with that? Are you educating them through QBR? Like how, how, do, how do you balance that? It does come up. I've, I've run into it a few times where they just assume that we're doing it, but we're not. But then right. that's also why I keep copies and Every, every communication I have with the customer. Right. Showing them the history and the fact of what, what it is that we're actually offering them. But then the nice thing about that scenario is then you can turn it around into a yes, we can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like anything. When you're buying into a service, it could be your cell phone company, it could be your cable TV provider, it doesn't matter who it is. What are you paying for? Right. right? So here's your defined package. We actually define it really nicely with our customers. And say, well, no, this is all great that you want this, yeah. but this is the what you're you're paying for, and here's your upgrade path. Happy to help you with that, but yeah. we're not providing that right now. We've actually gotten to a point now that moving forward, when we present proposals to our clients, we give them everything: mm. the security, the sock, the seam, everything, and we tell them, you know, this is your full solution. They're like, oh, I, I can't afford it. How kind of you do realize that we can take the security back. I don't, we don't recommend it. And the most common rebut that we get from clients or that you have to, or objection you have to overcome is they, oh, well, I'm only 25 users. Now, who's going to come after me? Right. No one's actually coming after you. It's, they just have technology that's going after anyone. Right. And my question is really simple. Do you, do you use the internet? 
Mm. And well, of course I do. Well, then if you're using the internet and your business is on the internet, you're at risk. They no longer discriminate on company size. Right. So nope. you need to protect yourself. So we will have them waiver out. And that's the way that's. Yeah. When you start putting waivers in front of them, mm -hmm. people, people start taking yeah. it more seriously. I mean, right. we, we do it through the QBRs, right? And we'll say, this is what you're protected with what, mm -hmm. you know, initially you need to consider these things because you're at risk. And then you start putting these waivers in front of them and most likely they will make money, yep. you know, appear for that. Now, and that's something we talk about a lot, the decline of service. It's right. like, we've just educated you on why this is a risk. We have no insight beyond the network for this particular stuff. And we're making a requirement. Yeah, there's still people obviously that, that won't do it, but people don't like signing a decline of service. Exactly. Right. One of our partners actually, he was monitoring 10 customers. He actually heard us speak about the decline of service, went back to his team and they're a pretty large MSP. He went from monitoring 10 customers to like 215. And we're talking real money. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars oh. just for dark web monitoring. I mean, that's just one piece, right? right, right. We've had people start rolling out the entire security bundle, whatever your 1.0 is, you have to have this or you're not a customer. Right. It's amazing when you tell somebody that you, you're not going to be their MSP anymore, how much more they want to work with exactly. you. Right? Exactly. Um, and so, you know, using that, just like you would, if you walked into a doctor's office and you saw 50 HIPAA violations, you're not going to want to go there, right? right. You're not going to want to take it on. So if somebody's not willing to take this base level of security, then agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So, and just as a reminder to the audience, we are taking questions. I don't know if we'll be able to take them live, but we'll be able to answer them after the Event. Yeah, we actually have a live studio audience. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. How about some noise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mom, calm down. <laughs> so, since we're actually at an event, I figured maybe just if you know, you, I've seen you guys at several of these events. You know, tips for making the most out of an event. I mean, it's a lot, right? There's so much stuff to it. Yeah. There's take only on. there's only one thing that we always say: these events, whatever you put into it, is what you'll get out of it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go to the event and just hang out at the bar and not socialize with anyone, be by yourself or stay in your room and watch movies, you're going to get nothing out of the event. Absolutely. But if you go to the event and you network, we met at this very particular event many years ago and our little circle, if you will, of friends at this event has grown quite big and, and we've got some really good friendships that last. For example, the three of us, we literally talk. There isn't a day of the year that goes by that we don't talk. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's this truth. The same is true for a lot of the other people here. We talk like either daily, weekly, or at least once or twice a month that we're chatting with them. Could be a text, could be an email, whatever. But these are relationships that you foster. And unfortunately, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that takes a long time to build up. And, no, no, and those relationships that you... you I'll, I'll use Ricky and Will that are here. We'll have a need in, in New York or something like that. And I'll call them and say, we're looking to do this. Can you guys help? Right. And all of a sudden, you now your network reaches out bigger. Right. If I need something in Washington, you know, I'm calling a tool. If that, that relationship that you built here is really helping you grow your business. And then when you struggle with something, it's also the, the opposite. Hey, mm -hmm. how, how did you deal with this? You know, can you know, give me your, and typically if you have a, type bomb, you're going to be like, here, I have this already, this process already written up. Here you go. It's a copy. And that's valuable. Yeah. It's huge. And the number of times that we've, we've oh, shared documents, like, documents, like that's mm. pure IP. Yeah. It's virtual yeah. property for our company that yeah. you know, I may have hired a lawyer or spent something somewhere with a professional. I'd be like, I hear guys and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Because you know what? I have to change it because it's all Canadian law. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I, I pay okay. for no changes <laughs> in Canadian dollars. So it's, it's cheap. It's cheap. Oh. It's so cheap. It's so cheap. <laughs> I'm always the monkey in the room yeah. that gets beaten, right? <laughs> what, what do you take out of these events? Well, I mean, obviously hanging out with you two and a tool. 
He's in the room too, by the way, guys. You guys brought him up. No, he didn't. He mentioned him. Oh, I'm sorry. My <laughs> bad. You weren't paying attention? Well, obviously I'm not. <laughs> That's normal, right? <laughs> Wait, what's going on? Uh -huh. But you know, it's just hanging out. I, I ran into Matt that one time. Usually I don't find anything new. Right. But you were like some a beacon at the one event that we went to that yeah. you were there for the first time. That's and, right. And then every once in a while you'll find a, a nice shiny object. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, then also, you the, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I kind of am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one to say anything on top. Yeah. There's, I guess, two other points I'll bring up. One, and you guys kind of mentioned, it's like the, the shared resources. I've never been part of a, of a community that is so willing to share with people. If somebody says, like, hey, you know, find somebody that's already where you want to be, mm -hmm. it's amazing what people are willing to share. Like, yeah. people yeah. enjoy helping other people. Yeah, that's right. a natural response. Usually, right. people love to help other people. Yeah. But when you help, you also want to expect some sort of kind of return sometime with mm -hmm. it because it's not always a take, it's yeah. always a give. But you want to you balance it out. You know, what's really funny is talking about how our community is. My business partner, Chris, and I, when we started the company, was on the advice of what we would consider to be one of our bigger competitors these mm -hmm. days. And, you know, he took us out for some beers and said, what are you guys waiting for? Why are you even thinking twice about this? Just do it. Yeah. And we're still good friends to this day. And business aside, there's a friendship with them. And uh, we always talk about that saying, you know, we're here because you gave us that kind of final kick yeah. to say, just do it. And yeah. we're like a block from each other and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. yeah. And I think another underlooked thing at an event. But vendor relationships too, right? I mean, so me and you, you know, over the last couple of years, we've gotten to know each other. Right. And and that stuff really does matter because okay. there could be a time with any vendor, some some that communication goes wrong with whoever you're working with in the, in, the, in a certain company, but you know that you can always reach out to me and Absolutely. something's going to change very quickly, Absolutely. right? right. Yeah. And that stuff matters. And it's particularly with people yeah. there that you have relationships with. Things do sometimes move quicker. Like right. I don't think you can deny that. And you're on the vendor side. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So on the Greenland side, I think the relationship that we have with a lot of our partners is yeah. because of that. Giovanni and I have that close relationship. They have access to us, uh, whether it's through LinkedIn or our cell phone numbers or whatever. But, you know, they have that close relationship where if there is an issue. They're going to get somebody that, that can push the, the problem away. And I would just add one thing. If you're a, a customer of any vendor, please always reach out to the vendor first if you have an issue versus yes. putting it on social media. Absolutely. Right. I don't think MSPs realize how much that actually hurts people. Personally, people put something during a weekend that they're upset with something. Oh, yeah. It affects the whole team. Yeah. We react to it. And we'd rather have an opportunity, obviously, to address that. Yes. And many times we could have addressed it. Absolutely. You know, and I'm sure you experienced some of that. Except and if it's American Airlines, <laughs> always tweet first. <laughs> Stop that. So, so the really, really, really interesting thing is, you know, one of the values that we do speak at with our clients, especially when we're prospecting, is we are your IT department and we have the relationships with the companies like ID Agent, Kaseya, mm -hmm. or Microsoft, or whoever it might yeah. be. Yeah. And we have the senior level relationships that you would never be able to go through Absolutely. that entrance to, to get through to the resource to make the decision. Right. Whereas for one of us, it's a phone call a lot of times. Yeah. Absolutely. Things get resolved right yeah. away. That's and, a good point. I mean, right. for MSPs that are out there, again, network, that relationship that you have, you know, use it to <clears throat> gain new customers. Talk to those prospects and say, hey, it's not just the services that I provide, but it's that network that I have right. of relationships built so that when there is an issue, mm -hmm. there is people that I can call that yep. are going to respond. And that's huge. Yeah, and sometimes call, we don't we yeah. don't we don't use that as a as a selling tool, but it really is. Yeah. I call Joe and say fix it. No reason. And again, he just disappears, right? And cashes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> call this person. I don't know what's going on.
So kind of bringing the conversation full circle back to the podcast, right? I, I wrote the subject, Sneaky Good Whiskey Recommendations. And kind of what I was going for is, what are some of the whiskeys that are like a more common whiskey, but maybe people think it has a bad reputation that might be out there? That Common. Like common. Well, uh, more available, I would say. Uh, more readily available versus some of them. Well, what, what's interesting about that comment is that what Myron finds at the store here is completely different than what I find back in Indiana. So okay. he'll find things on the shelf. I'm like, I've never seen that. Right. I'm like, and what? Or, or it's four times the price. You yeah. Know? But or, yeah. or even at that, we're in Toronto, we don't get half the stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, so it depends on the area. Yeah. You know, it's a diverse group that says we're not all in the same location. So. But there is one thing to be said about it, it is universal. Is Basil Hayden. Oh, yeah. Basil Hayden is okay. universal. Yeah. Um, it's very easily it's available. Very, and it's and not it's expensive. expensive. It's right. affordable. It's, it's, a, and it's a bean product, I think. Yeah. Right. But, but it's still, good. It's, it's, good. Is, it's affordable. It's not it's not you guys rolled your <laughs> eyes before you gave me just that now, answer. <laughs> if, they, if they quiet down, Basil Hayden tenure. See, but that you can't find. I have it. Yeah, oh, you wow. have it. <laughs> but you can't find it. To his point, you know, something like Basil Hayden. Even like a Elijah Craig, which I'm uh, a right, fan. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's something that's you know Single under bear. under fifty dollars, mm. and you know it's really good and available everywhere. Seventeen ninety two. Seventeen ninety two is yeah. another one. Yeah, you can get right. that. You can get that anywhere. Wasn't there um, a bottle in the? Yeah, room? yeah. It's a bottle. Well, speaking of which, so I I don't think I would be a good host if I didn't come with a bottle of whiskey better. for you guys. Wow. So I don't think you guys. Have, I don't think you would have heard of this. The guy at, at a Specs was going nuts about it though. So it's out of Colorado. Four grain straight bourbon. It's let's see, Long's whiskey house. It's a, this is the only barrel that existed apparently. Oh, wow. I mean, this wow. guy went on for like ten minutes, and I wow. I was already you're like oh, I was like I just, just gotta remember <laughs> one thing, which was the one barrel. Yeah, <laughs> he was going on, and I have no idea what he's talking about. But he said something very something about the four grain that was like he's like this is like legit four grain oh, versus like nice. other. But Can we get some new glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I don't know awesome. if you have to actually awesome. take that off. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're gonna try this now. Yeah, it's, I'd say 116 proof. Ooh, can you Wait, bring some one, water? One, one, six, <laughs> one, one, six one, or one, six? Oh, oh, 60 yeah. corn. Yeah, wow. he mentions something about the corn. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, going back to the question though, while, while we get some glasses and stuff, there's a ton of whiskey, and that's something that I've learned through the podcast because of Craig and whatnot, that there's whiskey out there that doesn't have to be really expensive and it's right. good. Yeah, you can have your occasional, you know, 50 plus or $100 plus you know, right. whiskey, but there's also those that are equally good for for less price. So yeah, listen to the podcast. You get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. Well, and I think another thing, you know, just trying to bring it back to like the business side of it, I have a buddy that like belonged to like a whiskey club and it was like a whole social networking thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's um, also things called like a, the Quakes. Yeah. They're all over the. Um, we need one more, right? No, um, good. Um, Matt, Matt has decided to decline <laughs> with our party. He didn't have lunch. <laughs> Wait, what? Lunch. I'll try it later. All right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Matt's so, does have some work to do. Yeah, yeah right. I still have a, a presentation. Yeah. So it might be better if he had half the bottle. <laughs> So I think we, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to, this, this is like the perfect, I still don't have like an outro for this live LinkedIn thing. So That's okay. This is like the perfect way to like end it, right? You guys, you guys right. cheers and then That's taste right. it. We have any questions? Do anybody have questions? How about uh, scotches? You guys talked about bourbon. Any, any recommendations? <sighs> well, I heard this Glendronic's really good. I've never had it. Yes. yes. So I will I say the Glendronic 12-year-old <laughs> is a very special and not expensive uh, scotch. It is 
quite remarkable. If you ever find it, buy Linkwood. Any Linkwood. I don't care what it is. Really? Just buy Linkwood. It's oh. a space item. Oh, oh hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, thanks for everybody for joining. Thank you. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. Ooh. Ooh. I drank a quarter of it already. Kevin, did you get that? Yes, you did. Ha, 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 ha.